0: Friends, I am so very proud of you and the way that you have led us in worship today. Your leaders are gonna take you off the side right there so you can go learn more about the power of our Savior, Jesus. I love each one of you and I'm so grateful for you and the way you've led us. You've led us today in how we can put our trust in Jesus because His power will pull us through anything. Friends, you've also led us today that There's this amazing power in the blood of Jesus that bought our salvation, so that we would not be separated from a loving God who loves us so much. And our little worshipers reminded us today that that old rugged cross that we cherish as those who have been set free, because we cherish it one day, we'll exchange it for a crown in front of the one who saved us. That's, that's amen. That's amazing that from the smallest to the biggest in the room, we all can say amen and amen. What a week, what a week. VBS 2021, I am overwhelmed. My cup overflows today because of the goodness of our Lord and how He was on display throughout this house this week. I'm grateful because in the midst of our kids learning and having fun and enjoying all the things that a Vacation Bible School offers, there is also some significant spiritual markers that I pray were made in the lives of our children. Um, I have something here that I was able to draw out many years ago, and it's my spiritual journey in a map. And it's kind of on a timeline, and it starts at the very, your far left here, back in 1979 when I was born. It's the first red mark. It's my first marker, if you will, because I started life there. And then the second mark is in 1988, when Carolyn and Terry McMahon knelt beside my bed and led me to know who Jesus was. See, every spiritual marker, there are people's names you might see that are circled. Those were the people who poured truth into my life and I didn't want to forget them. This hangs in my prayer study at, at my home and I look at it each morning because I want to be reminded that God's righteous right hand is writing my story from the moment I was born to today and beyond. And so many children this week might have started their spiritual journey and was able to put that first red mark on their timelines that they've made a decision to say yes to Jesus and to follow Him as their Lord and Savior. For some, their spiritual marker may have been in the middle of their story, maybe a a marker of remembrance. Hey, Miss Rhonda, I know those things, but man, is it always good to remember. Or maybe for our student leaders and our adult leaders, it was a spiritual mark of reflection. Because in everyone's journey, a spiritual marker is significant. It's significant because It is at those times that we can remember, and we can look back, and we can share in the goodness of God. That's my prayer this week, that's my prayer as we continue. That each of our children, students and adults, remember this week and mark it in their heart. There were such great and powerful truths woven throughout this week. And one of the first things that I have prayed for our friends, you're gonna see a photo here of a little girl and she's sitting in our worship time and she's reflecting on who is true. That's my prayer. That's one of the spiritual markers that I pray for every child that was in this place is that they can stop. See, it's fun. We had so much fun, but more than that, we were able to sit down with children because our numbers were smaller with intentionality and and discipleship that was one-on-one, and we saw children stop and reflect on who is true. Who, Who is the God that created them? Who is the God that loves them? Who is the God that has a great purpose for their life? That's my prayer, that that spiritual marker of reflection on the one who created, loves, and has a plan for their life. I love not only that they can reflect on who is true, but they can also repeat what is true. Um, Repetition is great for children, amen? Uh, If you tell them one time, you tell them 10. If they ask a question, they ask it 100. Repetition is good for us. So not only do we pray that they reflect on who is true, but I pray that they repeat what they know is true. You're gonna see a photo now of a Bible story leader who was very animated and creative teaching these children truth. It's, it was told every day on repeat, why? Because our heart is that now that they know who is true, They would repeat what is true over and over. When times get hard, when difficult circumstances come their way, they can repeat it. They can know, they can remember. One of the scriptures that we were talking about this week is from Psalm 31, 24. And this is where the psalmist is writing this chapter. David is writing in a time of sorrow. His life is is difficult and he's it woven through that entire chapter, he's still confident and dependent on God. Go back and read Psalm 30, uh, 31 this afternoon, and you can see David saying, but I'm confident in the Lord. I'm dependent on the Lord, it's hard. And then at the very end of Psalm 31, he pens, so be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. It's a promise. So as you put your hope in the Lord, then we have reason. We have reason to be courageous. My pr- that's my prayer for our friends this week that they don't just reflect on the one who is their creator and giver of life and the one who loves them and has created them for a purpose, but they also repeat what is true and they know that even though difficult times come, They know that they can put their hope in God alone and He will sustain them, He will make them strong and He will make them courageous. Also, my prayer is that they rely on the power of the one who is truth, not just reflect on the one who is true and not just repeat what they know to be true, but man, my prayer is that they rely on that power. You're gonna see a photo of these friends Kneeling in a time of prayer and reflection during the week and we did that a lot because we wanted our friends to understand that the power that they desire need is Right found in the one who is the giver of power God our father and he allows children to see he allowed children to see that this week And I love that we teach that another scripture that we, uh, it's on our shirts, if you've seen these, comes from the book of Isaiah. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. What I love about this passage in this chapter in Isaiah is that it goes back right before this and talks about who God is. He's the everlasting Father. He's the everlasting God. He's the creator of everything. He never gets tired or sleeps. He never gets weary. There is no limit to his understanding. And he calls each star by name. That's the God we serve and that's the God here. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Our friends this week learned that. They learned to be able to repeat what they knew to be true. My prayer is that those seeds that are planted and what they know to be true will come forth in abundant fruit out of their life. We may not see that now, but man, wouldn't it be wonderful church to hear a generation stand up and proclaim and repeat the truth of God's word. That's my prayer for them. We were intentional this, this year to be able to, to have smaller uh, groups of our friends so that we could uh, go deeper and in discipleship and teaching. And we are seeing the fruit of that all over this weekend as stories flood in for children who made decisions, for children who are asking questions and for children who are saying, Ms. Rhonda, I now know what that means. So my team, I know, amen, amen, amen. And I wanna tell you church, I could not do this. My team could not do this without 175 volunteers that made this week possible. You see one of them right there, I love this photo. They paved the way. See, relationships matter and in family ministry, we believe that relationship paved the way for truth to be told and heard and understood. And so these leaders allowed us, the, the teaching teams, uh, the fun teams, to, they just pave the way to allow us to just uh, say forth the gospel in such creative ways. If you were a part of VBS this week in 2021, will you stand for me so that we can publicly honor you and tell you how grateful we are for you? Thank you. I could not be more um, honored to serve in this house And I have a team that loves this place, loves our Lord and loves the children that He has entrusted into us. We also were able to partner with a mission that we love and we know very well here at Sugar Hill Church, Mission House. And Mission House is our partner in the Yucatan Peninsula that we partner with this week to raise funds for generators in the villages there in Mexico. And the kids got really involved with this challenge. I'm sure if you've not followed social media, Sugar Hill Kids, you want to make sure you follow that. They got all involved with competitions and fun. And it was a lot of fun. But the the real winner of the missions challenge is the Yucatan and all of the people that will now receive generators to push power to the villages when the power has been turned out for circumstances. So not only did the children learn that Jesus's power pulls us through, helps us be bold, helps us do hard things, helps us to be good friends, helps us to live forever. We also got to provide power, actual power by the children raising over $3,500 to send generators to the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to the many of you that prayed for us, that served and allowed, especially our leadership team, who allowed us to have such a fantastic week. Thank you, Pastor Bobby. Rhonda,
1: Thank you. you do such... Yeah, 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 go ahead and give it up. I just wanna say on behalf of Pastor Chuck and our entire team and mm-hmm. our church family, we are so grateful for you. It's if you haven't gotten a chance to meet Rhonda yet, she's one of the most amazing people on the planet, you look people in the eye, you know them by name, you care about their hearts, and we are so grateful. As Chuck has told you many times, we believe God picked you up and brought you here for such a time yeah. as this, yeah. and we love you. I'm so grateful to call Thank you guys. friend and to serve My with choice. you. Y'all show some love to Miss Rhonda. Thank you. <laughs> Rhonda and her team are incredible, and again, so many volunteers that have been part of this week, and we are so grateful grateful. If we haven't gotten to meet yet, my name is Bobby and I serve as one of the pastors. And I know uh, this week we've seen a lot of familiar faces, but man, we know that every week there's people for the very first time trying to find a place to call home. And if that's you, man, I hope today encourages you that uh, God is at work and doing amazing, amazing, amazing things. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. There's a lot of great things that happened over this last week. One of the fun things was the fact that our kids learned a song that they thought they called they learned a new song they they learned a new song it's a song called the old rugged cross how many of you grew up singing the old rugged cross Mm -hmm. show hands yeah yeah yeah. it's a new song (laughs) quote unquote that was written get this in 1913 anybody around in 1913 rick I, i see that hand Rick has the gift of sarcasm and I love that I love that you're not that old Rick but I appreciate that but this song is so powerful because of the picture it is in fact Zach if you don't mind give us a little a little bridge a little a little taste of the old rugged cross
2: so I'll cherish the old rugged cross y'all sing this out sing it out until my trophies at last I And I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown.
1: I love this old song. In fact, uh, the history of it was it was written in 1913, and the gentleman that wrote it uh, experienced Jesus a little bit later in life, and after he experienced Jesus, he ended up becoming. An evangelist where he would travel and preach and he would talk about the cross and he would talk about what Jesus did and when he was traveling what would happen uh, on occasion is some teenagers would balk at him or some teenagers would push back on the message of the cross and so it troubled him And so he began to think about well what is the significance of the cross I mean, the New Testament talks so much about the cross. In fact, the apostle Paul said that we are to be crucified with Christ. And so he, he tried to figure out, well, what does this mean? Why is the cross so important? And as he studied that, he began to write the words to this old hymn. And he wrote a verse and then he'd go preach somewhere and he'd share that verse. And then he'd go back home and write a little bit more, a little bit more. And then by 1915, he had written the whole thing and sang it and when he got finished he turned to the people around him and he said was that good enough <laughs> was that is it finished and here we are a hundred plus years later thinking about this powerful song in fact as miss Rondo was talking she showed us a timeline and i love that picture because all of us have a timeline don't we all of us have a starting point and we don't like to talk about it. We have an ending point. And in between, there are mile markers along the journey. And I love that picture because that's similar to the cross. When I was thinking about the power of the old rugged cross, the idea of the cross, you know this, that when, when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't some pretty little symbol at that moment, was it? It wasn't a necklace. It wasn't plated in gold. In fact, it's a rugged cross because that's the way the Romans would... Would, would execute a, a criminal, a prisoner. And so when Jesus died on that cross, the cross wasn't a backup plan. The cross wasn't something that just happened. It's actually something that God had intended since the beginning of time. In fact, as Rhonda laid out that timeline, I was thinking about the timeline of scripture that when you think about the old rugged cross, there's a couple words that describe it. But one of those words that I think describes the old rugged cross is it was promised by God. And what I mean by saying it was promised by God, here's what Paul says in Romans 1, he says, I'm Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, I'm called to be an apostle, I'm set apart for the gospel of God, listen to this phrase, which he promised beforehand. So this good news that the kids sang about this morning, this good news that they experienced, the good news of the gospel, it didn't start with our generation, it didn't start with our church, it didn't start with a building, he says, it was promised beforehand. And so if you think about the timeline, you think about, well, when was it first promised? Well, the timeline starts way before today. It starts all the way back in the book of Genesis, back in the garden. When Adam and Eve first sinned, God shows up on the scene and he says to them, there's coming a day that I'm gonna defeat the enemy. That's the promise of the gospel. It started all the way back on the timeline, back in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, God says, I'm going to defeat the enemy. And then the timeline keeps moving. In Genesis chapter 12, it comes up to a guy named Abraham. Y'all want to sing that song this morning, Father Abraham, who had? Y'all want to sing it? No, that's all right. We won't do that. But it comes up to Abraham, and God makes a promise to Abraham. Abraham was beginning to give up hope. And God says, no, I'm going to give you a descendant. And through your descendants, I'm going to bless the world. These are promises of the gospel. The timeline started in Genesis with God coming to Adam. I'm going to crush the serpent, the enemy. To Abraham, through you, I'm going to bless all the generations. Then you fast forward in the Old Testament to To King David, the guy that killed Goliath, and he comes to David and says, David, look, there's gonna be a descendant that comes after you that's gonna sit on my throne forever. This is a promise. And then to Jeremiah in the Old Testament, where God says, There's coming a day that I'm gonna wipe away your sins and I'm gonna remember them no more. See, the cross wasn't a backup plan, the cross wasn't plan B the cross was promised. Ever since the beginning of time, God's been making these promises. God's been uh, vocalizing these promises. And anytime God makes a promise, he always keeps the promise. Are you tracking with me? That God's faithful. And so the second word that describes this old rugged cross is not just that it's promised, but that it has power. And so when you look in the New Testament, if you are to think along this timeline of God starting in the, in, in the garden and coming all the way up to the Gospels, and Jesus leaving heaven and coming to this earth, living a perfect, sinless life, so that when he went to the cross, he didn't go to the cross for his own sins, he went to the cross for my sins, for your sins, for the sins of the world. And so when you start tracking that throughout the New Testament and you begin to see the connection, where in Galatians it talks about the fact that Jesus is the one that defeats the enemy, That was promised in Genesis 3. And then you get to Galatians again, where it talks about Jesus being the descendant of Abraham, who is the one that blesses all generations. Then you get to the book of Acts, where it refers to the fact that Jesus is the descendant of David. He's the one that sits on the throne forever. And then you get to the gospels and you get to the promise of the spirit, where it's Jesus who makes it possible for the promise of Jeremiah, for our sins to be forgiven and be remembered no more. That promise was fulfilled in the power of Jesus. The cross is powerful. That Jesus is the fulfillment of every single promise of God. In fact, one of the songs that we've sung in the past is every promise is a yes and amen. That when God speaks, he means exactly what he says. And when God makes a promise, he always, 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 always keeps his promise. And so the gospel and the cross is promised beforehand. The gospel has power because Jesus and Jesus alone beat death. But a third word that I think describes this old rugged cross is the fact that it produces change in all of us. Siri just wanted to talk to us. I don't know if you could hear Settle down. The cross produces something in us. If you're to read Romans one, he says, this is the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand concerning his son, Jesus, who is declared the son of God with power from the resurrection from the dead. And then listen to verse five. He says, through whom, talking about Jesus, we've received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name. In other words, he says, that thing that God promised throughout scripture, the power that he displayed by beating death, now produces true life change in all of us. The phrase is brings about the obedience of faith. In other words, it doesn't happen by us trying to manufacture it ourselves. It doesn't happen by us just trying to clean up our acts ourselves. That at the moment of salvation, the same Jesus that died on the cross comes to live inside of us and his presence inside of us produces change. It produces a lot of change. One of the things that it produces is it gives us a new faith. In other words, we get to replace our old way of thinking, our old way of of living with this brand new faith in Him. He gives us a new family. In other words, when, in fact, one of the songs we sang as kids probably was, uh, we're part of the family of God. And that imagery is so powerful because we're in this together. But one of the things that I love that it does is it produces a new foundation in our life? Sort of like this, the stage is a platform that's going to hold me up this morning. Our faith becomes that foundation that we can live life from. In fact, between hours, if you haven't been here for summer in Sugar Hill, where we're able just to hang out outside between gatherings and have fun. I was talking to somebody between hours, uh, one of my friends, and he was just talking about the fact that in life, there's going to be trouble, right? In life, there's going to be ups and downs. In life, there's going to be friction. And sometimes uh, we, we don't want it. We're like, God, I wish you could take all that away. Yet, when we have the proper view that God can use it to shape us and mold us and grow us, and we don't have to do it alone, we have a new faith, we have a new family, and we have a foundation of our faith that's real and personal. And so today, we wanted to carve out a couple minutes to celebrate all that God's done during Vacation Bible School to, to, to celebrate that that work that started this week isn't finished, but to go on to say that same truth that our kids experienced this week is the truth that can change my life and your life. And so for some of you, maybe today, you were reminded of a previous time in your life where you were more passionate about your faith. Maybe there was a time where, where your faith felt more real and personal and life-giving. My challenge for you is to remember that promise that God made is fulfilled in Jesus through the cross, and it's still available to you today. And so maybe today, before you go, you want to stop and pray, God, would you renew that passion inside of me? God, would you give me that excitement again? Help me to experience the joy of salvation. But for some of you, maybe you've never taken that first step. Maybe as you're watching people's baptisms like Max's today, and you you saw that story played out, maybe for you, you'd realize, hey, I've never taken that next step. I've never said yes. I would encourage you before you leave today to take a moment to do that, to say, dear Jesus, I need you. I need what only you can do, forgiveness of my sins and a brand new start. And so what I'd love to do is I'd love to pray for us. If you don't mind, would you bow your heads for a moment? And even if you're watching online, if you're able to do that, as long as you're not driving or something, I'd love for you to pray with us. And in just a moment before we go, Pastor Zach's going to lead us in this, the great new old hymn. But before he does, I would love for us to have an opportunity to talk to Jesus and to ask him to do a work inside of us. And so today, if you'd say, you know what, Bobby, I know him personally, but I haven't been living like it. I haven't been passionate about it. I haven't been living that out. Would you just take a moment even now in your head and your heart and say, dear Jesus, Thank you for the truth of the gospel. Thank you for the price that you paid and the life that you give. God, I pray that you'd help me to live passionately in pursuit of you every single day. And as we pray, maybe for some of you even watching online, this you've never given your life to Christ Maybe this morning you want to do that. There's no magic words to it. It's really the heart behind it to say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. But I believe you died on the cross for my sins and I believe you're alive today. And as best as I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and save me. Rescue me. And if you prayed that for the very first time, we'd love for you to drop us a note at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com, prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. We'd love to help you take those next steps and to celebrate that with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the power of the cross. The fact that you beat death and you give life available to anyone that'll ask. Father, we pray that this truth would drop deep within our heads and deep within our hearts as we follow you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together this morning, Pastor Zach. We're so grateful for you. Uh, if you don't know the words, they're going to be on the screen, but I'd love for us to sing this out this morning before we go.
2: On a hill far away, stood in old. A- I will
1: that's my prayer for us today, is that this week, as you think about the cross, maybe you'll see it, maybe you've got a necklace, maybe uh, you'll see it as you're just living life this week, that as you see it, that you'd remember the power of it. That far before it was a necklace or a symbol that you and I know today, it was a way that God showed his love. Somebody asked me, they're like, how do you, how do you know God loves us? It's like, well, something is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. We learned that with eBay, right? Or my wife is on Macari. I don't know if any of y'all's wives are on Macari looking for deals, but people will pay crazy amounts of stuff, money for stuff, right? Well, The way that we know that God loves us is that he gave everything. He gave his only son. What a powerful reminder. We're so grateful you've been here today. My hope is you've been encouraged and challenged along the way. My hope is that you walk away knowing that God loves you. And if you've been around here for a while and you've never taken the next step and saying, I want to officially call this place home, I hope that you'll go on the app or to the latest on the the website and sign up for our next membership class that's going to happen next Sunday morning. We would love to get to know you, tell you more of the story, and invite you to be part of it. But until then, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and incredible week as we live life in the shadow of that old rugged cross. We love you guys. Have a great day.